Let's see where John Harris is on it. John is with the Tennessee Farms Association, of course. He was listening to the governor's commentary. I think I probably know where he is on an order of protection, uh, but we'll let him talk about that. Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing fine today. Uh, I was uh, I was really excited as I was driving back in from East Tennessee today to hear uh, Pam announce that you were going to have Governor Lee on to talk about this. Because I think it is important to get out on the table exactly what it is he's proposing and where he's coming from. Um, one of the things that I never hear Governor Lee talk about is the limits that have now been imposed on government authority when it comes to Second Amendment issues by the United States Supreme Court in its decision last June in what's called the Bruin decision. You know, your conversation today, for example, Governor Lee never brought up the extent to which the Bruin decision limits and uh, and restricts the options that are on the table when it comes to what do we do with an issue, if that issue in any way touches on Second Amendment topics. And, did, and I think that's going to have to be one did, of the first and questions. You and I have talked about Bruin in the past, John. In your mind, does Bruin nullify all the other red flag laws? I think 19 states have them. Well, I'll tell you, for example, uh, New York State now, there are two state court decisions out of New York State that have struck down New York State's existing red flag laws based on Bruin. So it's not just might it do it. Courts are already taking up that issue, and the ones that I've seen so far uh, are, are, in fact, striking down some of these. There's a federal district court out of uh, the 5th District, which is Texas, that has just struck down, well, as of the last few months, their order of protection law, which, again, Lee referenced as the formula and the basis for what he's proposing. And Boylan was the basis on which the 5th Circuit Federal Court struck down uh, an order of protection law out there. Bruin is having a major impact, and it's doing it by substantially restricting the scope of options that governments have. Now, do you believe in in your learned opinion? Because I mean, you're an attorney. I, I don't. I lean on you on these things because you read these cases. I don't. I admit it. Do you believe that there is any preemptive way for a court to declare someone mentally? incapable of owning a firearm? Here's the, here's the problem. Right now, the answer is most likely no, particularly on a preemptive basis. Uh, but it goes even beyond that. Bruin is saying that when it comes to restricting a right protected by the Second Amendment, and that's a very broad spectrum, that the government agency, the government authority, the governor in this case, has to identify a law that existed as of 1791 that accomplished that same objective or goal at that time. And in the absence of being able to identify that precedent, to identify that analog is what the court referred to, then the governor doesn't even have the opportunity to put this issue on the table in this format. Wouldn't Bruin, gotta, wouldn't Bruin then challenge the concept of a background check at all? Oh, yes, potentially it will. It's just not started filtering through the courts yet. But I can tell you, based on Bruin, I've raised an issue like that with respect to licensing the federal dealers in a case I have pending in southern Alabama. Uh, it's got huge impacts with where we go prospectively. Whether we like it or not, that's what the Supreme Court said, and we've got to deal with it. 
And I think it does substantially change how we look at this stuff. In one area where it impacts this particular discussion, and I started helping some legislators draft legislation to address this two weeks ago, is in this emergency situation that he's wanting to do something about. The issue is where is the risk to the public? Is the risk to the public, the individual, like some of your listeners are hitting on super text, you know, they're still out there in society, they're still at large, they still have access to cars, knives, whatever, or is the real risk of a firearm? And the, the legislation that we've started looking at and working with some legislators on is focusing on how do we tweak the existing state laws on emergency and voluntary committals, which deals with getting the person not just immediate help from a psychiatric or mental perspective, but taking them temporarily yeah, temporary off committal. the street. Yeah. Now, yeah. And, that's, and that's where I want to go in this, John, because I, I think there is a there is a lane between the two that we could potentially improve the, the law as it exists. We could take a look at that law and update it because it's my understanding that these 72-hour these holds haven't been updated in 70 years or thereabouts. And try to figure out how to modernize those in, in our society today in a way that doesn't infringe upon anyone's rights outside of um, having a court look at their mental inability to make decisions in a way that might risk the lives of themselves or others. And, you know, forget about guns. At that, at that point, if, you, if a court makes that determination, it's what you just said, then why wouldn't we have that person put in, in a facility so that they could be examined, tested from a mental perspective, why wouldn't we take that step as opposed to the middle step of just taking guns away from them when they still had access to other life-endangering items if they are out and about? Exactly. And it's, it's, you know, Governor Lee said it, and I don't think he called himself when he said it. He said, look, you know, he, his bill would only focus on someone that's homicidal or suicidal. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm driving down the interstate 70 miles an hour listening to this, and I'm going, yeah, but you're just taking the gun. You're still going to leave them with knives, prescription drugs, automobiles. they got all kinds of other mechanisms of death and, and, and mayhem, and, and you're, you're so focused on the gun that the real risk, the person, is left out and about in public with no help, treatment, or counseling. Whereas if we go down the emergency committal road, and, and now under current systems, what's called a 6404, they can actually be detained for up to two weeks for evaluation and treatment. Mm -hmm. There's a, a few more steps involved, but it's real and it's serious and it has the effect of immediately, if there's that imminent risk of death to themselves or another, taking them and putting them into a psychiatric hospital environment well, they don't have access to, to cars, knives, anything, as they would if they were out in public, and then we just took their gun away. You know, it's something that would, I think, eliminate a lot of objections based on the focus on the gun itself and, and some of the concerns as to how this could potentially be used against believers and, 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 and well, against the Constitution of the United States, ultimately. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if it, if this conversation, if this special session somehow morphs it, its way or moves its way 
into a conversation like that, I, I think then in then in that it is worth it. Otherwise, you know, I said to the governor, "You heard me, John. I mean, it's my grandpa said that's a long road to hoe, right? I mean, you you got a long way to go to convince Tennessee. I mean, the governor says that the people of Tennessee are behind him on this. I don't hear that. I just don't. I, they don't. They want to try to do anything from a constitutional perspective to prevent the killings like this, but they believe that." These types of red flag laws are unconstitutional, as you've laid out today. Well, and I'll give you a, a, a perfect example of your, you know, testing the public. I, yesterday, I was in East Tennessee teaching a class on firearms law and deadly force to over 100 of the state's judicial magistrates. They're in their periodic conference to get their training. But one of the biggest things they wanted to, me to talk about during that conference was the governor's proposed red flag law and did I think it would pass. And of, and of the 100-plus magistrates that were in that conference, numerous of them came up with a great deal of angst that they had read it and they don't like it. And, and interestingly, not a single one, no one in the entire conference came up and said, I've read it, I think it's got some merit and i think we ought to support it nobody said that well and and you hit to the heart of it and and you know and i i get frustrated that we can't have these types of open discussions without people starting name calling or whatever and that's why i love having you on john because you hit at the heart of it if a judge in good standing if we have a process put into place that the legislature agrees on and a judge in good standing makes a determination that someone is mentally incapable of having a gun then why would they not make the determination that that person is mentally incapable of being in public generally for a period in time until we get a handle on their mental state? I mean, why would you just carve out the gun unless, and I'm not saying this is the governor's purpose, I'm just saying this is my analysis, unless we're just focusing on the gun because it's a gun, right? You know what I'm saying? We should, if we want to focus on mental health, let's focus on mental health and let's figure out a better way to get people treatment that they need before they do harm to others. Exactly. And, and that's where I think really the focus has got to be if what we're really concerned about is saving lives and, and controlling what may be a controllable risk. Well, and, and regardless of what you or I think about it, John, what really matters is what the Constitution says about it. And you're dead on that the Constitution is going to answer a lot of these questions. There's a way to handle that, too. And if people think they can amend it and, you know, have at it. But it, it's not even a matter of opinion when it comes to the Constitution. Would you agree? Oh, I agree. As a matter of fact, Justice Thomas that wrote the Bruin decision said that the public debate over the scope of the Second Amendment and what it protects ended in 1791 when it was ratified and adopted now the only question is, based on that fact, what was permissible regulation as of 1791? Well, great stuff. Um, as always, John, you educate me every time you come on. I appreciate the fact that you called in to, uh, to respond to the governor's commentary. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. All right. There's uh, John Harris with the Tennessee Firearms Association calling us with his thoughts on our conversation with the governor.